Welcome to the Bourbon Book Club, a bookish podcast for readers, writers, and literary lovers alike. Everyone has a seat at our table, so bring a book, grab a drink, and join the conversation. What is that? This, um, it is Fireball, Vanilla, and Coke. Oh, that sounds amazing. It's really good. I haven't been able to have Fireball in a very long time. I think everyone has a fireball story. I was literally like everybody that I know has like a story about how fireball has like literally traumatized them. Ruined their life. Yeah, absolutely. I've never had that experience. Seriously? I I have had many a lovely holidays (laughs) with fireball. You're like curled up by the fire. You're like, oh, this is Yeah, to me, it's like, it's my cozy, it's like a Christmas drink. It makes me think of like. (laughs) being nice and and safe like it doesn't oh my gosh (laughs) i do the amount of not safe i've ever been with fireball is ridiculous (laughs) like what have you been through are you okay so much so much trauma i so much of waking up not knowing where i'm at (laughs) a lot a lot of bodily fluid like it was not a good time for me (laughs) this is not what you're drinking uh, no, absolutely not. Although it is warm, it is nice and cozy, especially because, you know, the winter is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm drinking hot chocolate with Kahlua. Ooh, I love that. That's so good. So good. I'm lactose intolerant. Should I be drinking it? No. But, you know. I've been fine. trying not successfully, obviously, because I'm drinking literally <laughs> right now, to yeah. do like a low-carb no gluten thing oh because like something i couldn't figure out what has been like making my stomach hurt like every time i eat so i was like maybe it's gluten maybe it probably is because i was diagnosed last year with an intolerance i don't have celiac but it's an intolerance Mm -hmm. and the doctor said that there's five different types of a gluten intolerance and most people have it because gluten is artificial yes i literally i read that a couple days ago and i was like bull fucking shit that's crazy it's crazy it like it'll start eating your mind like it starts there's one where it genuinely starts to attack your brain and so people's brain functions change yeah and for me, like they say, it takes a whole year for it to leave your system, which is so hard because you don't know what has gluten in it. Like your shampoo, your makeup, everything could have it. So it's crazy. And basically you have to be a full year without it and your brain will start functioning normally again, but you have to retrain it. It's so intense. It's so crazy. I only found out because I get bumps on my arms when I have it. And I was like, what is this? And he was like, oh. Well, let's test you. And I was like, don't tell me it's gluten because I love bread. And he oh, was like, it's gluten. That's yeah. so awful. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm Now you've got me all freaked out. Like, I wonder if that's why I'm stupid. <laughs> I wonder if that's why Trust every time me. we get into the call, I'm like, I don't know why I can't get the sound to work. <laughs> it's because I've been having oh gluten God. for 23 years. That's literally what I, when he told me that, I was like, this answers so many questions I've had. Oh, my God. Um, I would have been, in, I would have gone to Yale if if I had <laughs> if you didn't have gluten. Yes. I know. I'm just like I probably wouldn't have been banned from college if I didn't have a gluten intolerance. <laughs> Wait, so, great. What? Yeah, I was banned from college. <laughs> what? Why? Yeah. 
I know this doesn't. And it's honestly, it's not even a big deal. Put this in your book one day. Oh, absolutely. It's not. It's not that crazy. It's just crazy to say it. Um, literally, I went to college while I was in high school at the same, you know, like oh, like a dual enrollment thing. Yeah, yeah. And I forgot to drop out of a class, and so whenever I went to the college, um, like when I graduated high school, I also forgot to drop a class. And so at that specific school, if you drop two classes or forget to drop two classes and you no show it, um, then you're banned. Now that didn't help that I was like running amok and just enjoying my life and never going to classes. So only showed up on test days, but whatever. (laughs) Whatever. So I was like, that's fine. Cool. I was banned from America one time. (laughs) Now see, that's something that's book worthy. I'm like, I was banned from college. And you're like, I was banned from a whole country. <laughs> Literally, my country of origin could not come, could not come back. Couldn't come back. Oh, my God. But I'm I love this. <laughs> you're like, I'm back. Could I'm, not I'm stop me. Bitches. You can't stop Sydney. She's going to come back no matter what. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a fucking patriot. I, <laughs> <laughs> you will let me back in. Oh, my gosh. And then when she comes back in, she brings her English husband. <laughs> I did. Yes, I did do that. Did. <laughs> You're like, you banned me. Now I'm going to bring in another person. Thank mm-hmm. you. Two for one, motherfucker. Two for one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so we were supposed to be talking about romance books. We were. But you know what? That was a great tangent. I'm so happy we had it. Yeah, I, I feel like I know you better. <laughs> so much better. <laughs> we talked about our You know I have gluten problems. And I was banned. <laughs> and all of that. Yes. Let me make sure. Hold on. I'm just going to do. Cool. Okay. It is recording my voice. Last time I was freaking out because it said muted for a little bit. And I was like, oh, no. But we're good. We're fine. Just roll on in. Okay. So, yeah. In this episode, we'll be talking about the romance tropes. And then I guess really the difference or like what is notable about YA and NA. Because I did not know about NA until this year. Mm. Since I was banned from college, you know. Um, <laughs> you didn't get to take that class. Didn't get to take that class, no. <laughs> All right, so I guess let's start. What is your favorite romance trope? Okay. Um, my, see, okay. I feel like I want to say, like, I love an enemies to lovers trope. But I have to clarify that when I'm saying I like enemies to lovers, I... Do not mean, like, bullying. Hmm? Like bullying, like when they're, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. I was just swallowing very loudly and it just, (laughs) it made it difficult to process the sounds around me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But like when they're like, it's severe bullying. Yeah, I hate severe bullying. And I also hate when people confuse enemies to lovers with he falls first. Mm Because that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, when I'm talking, like, I want enemies to lovers, I want them to both genuinely hate each other from the start. There's no ulterior motive or no, like, he's secretly in love with her the entire time. Or, mm-hmm. um, oh, I don't know. He knows that they're fated mates and doesn't tell her. And oh, yeah. That, we know what that's talking about. Ugh, I can't yep. stand that. Like, the, it was it was a fun moment in mm-hmm. the book that we're all thinking of right now. It was a very fun moment. And I will not deny that. I had but we knew it was going to happen. But, like, that ruins the stakes 
for me. Like, I want them to both actually hate each other for genuine reason. And then, like, just suddenly become so overwhelmed with how amazing each other are. And then they overcome their hatred. That's what I'm talking yes. about. Ugh. See, with that, I think it's funny that we kind of brought up, obviously, everyone it was Akhtar. But mm-hmm. um, with Sarah J. Mass, she has Throne of Glass. And she did that really well in one of the books for Throne of Glass when it came to her main character, Aelin, and Rowan, where they genuinely just, it was fuel, it was pure hatred. Like, there was no rhyme or reason for the hatred. It was just yeah. hatred. And then... As the story progressed, they had to train with each other. This isn't giving anything away. And then things happened. Like, feelings started to happen. But, I mean, they were just vicious to one another. And it wasn't bullying either. Because I can't stand that. There are some books. I'm not going to name them. I want to name them. But um, (laughs) I just... (laughs) I was not a fan of. I don't like when this person is, like, causing bodily harm to embarrass or you know, make a mockery of the main character. That's not yes. attractive to me. This is, I'm not into Harley Quinn and the Joker. I've never been into that. Like, mm-hmm. you can keep your toxic self away. Yes, I totally agree. And you know what I think it is? Is that true enemies to lovers implies that they are, like, equal powers. But, like, bullying to lovers implies that there's a power imbalance. Yeah. And I don't like that. I, yeah, because I never saw it in that way, but that's so right. I just I deal with it enough in the in the world <laughs> we live in. I yes, just, <laughs> I don't want that. It's not needed. It's not needed at all. Mm-mm. Not a fan. But is that like the the only trope that you're a huge fan of, or is there other ones? Okay, um, mm, possibly controversial, but I love friends to lovers too. Oh yeah. Um, it's warm and cozy. It's like a fireball. Again? Yes, exactly like a fireball. Again, <laughs> it's to do with like, I like um, when the romance is set on an equal playing field and it transpires naturally with no ulterior motives, nothing other than the fact that two people genuinely fall for each other. Mm-hmm. There's no like, it, there's no, he's the super powerful king. So like, of course like and she's like an impoverished dying starving peasant so and he's like i'll give you some food and she's like oh my god you're so handsome i love you like that's not what i'm after yeah i'm trying to think of others that are like way more niche that like i love i need to you need to come in here and help me (laughs) uh well mine i think one of my favorites probably is the like warm like getting the other person warm like the main character like when they're freezing to death and they have to and there could it could be enemies to lovers because they could just not like each other it could just be friends it could be acquaintances but they're put in this position where he she has to warm the other up and each share a bed because i do like share a bed trope too yes i'm such a fan of that yes yes Oh, I love that with every ounce. If I, if there's a bed put into a scene, I'm like, they're going to be sharing that. And if they don't, I'm closing the book. <laughs> like, did not finish. Yes. <laughs> I'm not playing games with that. Um, and I, for me, I'm going to just, a lot of people aren't going to be fans of this, but I like a good pregnancy trope if it's done correctly. And I say that because Fifty Shades of Grey, they did it good. 
They did it good because it was like the final book. You have to put it, if it's going to be a novel, put it at the end. If it's going to be, you know, a series, put it at the end. I don't want babies coming out in the beginning because if they do, I want them to crawl back where they came from. Yeah. No matter how painful that is. Because I don't want the baby to spoil the whole thing. But I, I mean, granted, especially since I'm... <laughs> I'm very into Ice Planet Barbarians mm-hmm. and the Horde. Yeah. Oh, um, yes. You know, you know the outcome. You know there's going to be babies. But I like that. I feel like it's a finalization. It happened with the Hunger Games. I wanted to know what was... I mean, she didn't necessarily get pregnant, but you saw her with children Yeah. in yeah. the ending. And so it's like closing the chapter. And I'm someone that likes a completed book unless it's suspense. Like if it's a, sp- a suspenseful novel, cool. I don't need it. But if it's something where I've been following these characters along, I want there to be a baby. I need there to be a baby. <laughs> I think I understand that because, um, like, there's this, like, very heavy sense of finality when you finish a book, especially a long series. That yes. can honestly be, like, difficult to cope with if it's, like, been a comfort series for you. Yeah. So, like, when it ends, but you know that there's a baby or that... There, or there is life continuing on that you're just not yes. reading about. It's like very comforting to be like, okay, I'm not privy to this anymore, but it is still happening. And that is yes. comforting to know. It's not a final final. Yes. I, I love that. And yeah, it helps with the book hangover. That's for sure. Because like they're living off in this world with their children and I'm so happy for them. Or at least just a nugget of something. It doesn't even have to be a baby, but I know like we're talking about tropes. And everyone hates on the pregnancy trope. Again, it has to be done well. It can't just be throwing a baby in the, in the beginning. I'm yeah. not a fan. <laughs> I will close the book right there. I understand. I have a yeah. funny story to tell you. It's not about a pregnancy trope, but it's about Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I'm here so for it. Fifty Shades of Grey. I'm, I don't know or remember when the book came out, but I'm pretty sure I was in high school. I was definitely... No, 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 no. I think it was in middle school. It doesn't matter. I was in some sort of school where (laughs) I still had, like, my mom, like, as a barrier to the media that I accessed. Oh, yeah. So, like, she, I knew about Fifty Shades of Grey. I was a freshman in high school. It just clicked. I remember. (laughs) And um, my mom told me that I couldn't read it for obvious reasons. Yes. (laughs) However... My mother, my sweet dear mother, sucks at technology. <laughs> She's <laughs> terrible. And she had a Kindle, um, and I had a Kindle app on my iPod Touch. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so we had a shared Kindle account because obviously I did not have a credit card to like buy my own books on my Kindle app. Yeah. So like I just had my mom's Kindle account and Fifty Shades of Grey downloaded to my iPod Touch. <laughs> I read that I was like 14, 13, 14. I read that in three days. <laughs> That's a long read too. Because my mom told me I couldn't. Yeah. yeah. That was honestly like yeah. my biggest rebellion. You're like, <laughs> was, this is <laughs> so tame. I love that. I love that. I feel like that's why we get along too. Because my mom used to, in order for her to like ground me, she would take books away. It wasn't taking my phone away. She would legit take a book away. And I'd be like, oh, my God. And I would go through all of the stages of grief. (laughs) And then I would find the book and read it. I was like, 
mom, honestly, if you're this mad and you're taking a book away from me, can we just take a moment to step back and see that I am someone that you have to take a book away from while there's other girls out there doing a whole lot more? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, no, you're still getting the book taken away. I know. It's like, it's not like I'm on ketamine, mom. I'm, I'm reading smut. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like, this is my high. This is all I need. This is what I need. Absolutely. Like, one o'clock in the morning, full on crying. My mom comes in. She's like, what the hell's going on? I'm like, I just went through a lot of trauma right now. I need to process this. Mm-hmm. She was like, cool, you don't have to go to school tomorrow. Those are those moments. Any book person will understand. Like, those moments when you are just obliterated by a book. Oh, and I'm thankful for my old mom to to be like, you don't have to go to school tomorrow. You're fine. <laughs> That's so I'm crazy. just giving her some redemption since she took my books away. So, yeah, uh, I I did not have that. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I, no, I, my mom made me go to school. She's so a teacher. I, well, my mom was a teacher. She's a little crazy about about school. Yeah, yeah, my mom but was yeah. not. <laughs> Yeah, I read Fifty Shades then. And you know what? I had a great time. It was so good. I was like, I feel so awakened. I, I really... Yes. I definitely... To be that young what? and to read that book. Oh, my gosh. Honestly, it really did, like, fuck me up, though. Like, because, like, you know how um, people who have never, ever read a book with Spice before and then they read mm-hmm. Avatar and they're like, oh, my God, like, I've never had a book that made me feel this way. Like, that's, like, yeah. so cool to read i've never read that before like that's crazy it's like i never really had that like um i guess laddering experience where it was yeah you just dove in mid-level spice here's this and here's this and this is like no i'm 14 my mom told me i can't read 50 shades of gray i have an ipod touch (laughs) the perfect formula to read this book and then I didn't oh tell gosh. her that I had read it until one day she was talking about it with my aunt and they were talking about like a theory about it. And I was like, I don't oh think gosh. that that's true. Oh no. She's like, just staring at you. Like what? <laughs> Bestie girl. What did you say? And I was like, cool. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, I read the back of the book. It was great. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I could see that too. I think my first experience jumping into the untamed of like erotica uh was Suki Stackhouse um it's the True Blood series but it, like it was called different books back in the day okay. it was very graphic it was I'm pretty sure it was written before Twilight or at least like Twilight the movies hadn't come out yet when it was written but it was like Twilight with everything that Stephanie Meyer could not write like all of the explicit. Oh. It was no fade to black. I was like, what is going on? Why is this 10,000 year old vampire? Not really, but like, why is this old vampire doing that to this poor woman? This poor defenseless woman. <laughs> but I read all the books. So, I mean, obviously it didn't stop me. Yeah, of course. Of course. So of course. This just reminded me, I think Fifty Shades of Grey was my first like experience reading like smut. Yeah. Um, yeah. But before that, I, I have this, like, vivid, visceral memory of this book that I read. I was in middle school, and um, I need to preface this by saying I went, I have since looked this book up and reread it, and I am in disbelief that it is allowed in a middle school library. To this day, it is there, and it shocks me 
Like, I it really should not. And I am not the type of person who's, like, into, like, policing what other people read and, like, saying, like, you know, cutting off different age limits for different books. Um, yeah. Like, I do think that you should not be 14 and reading Fifty Shades of Grey like I was. But, like, <laughs> you know, I'm all for, like, pushing yourself to read something that's above your reading level to improve your reading comprehension. Like live your life bestie, go do that. However, yeah. I was in middle school. And um, <laughs> you know how the, I'm assuming this is how every school works um, because I'm a narcissist and assume that everyone's experience is like mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you get, you take your like reading level test in like elementary school or middle school and for us, if you were, like, whatever your reading level was, you couldn't check out a book below your reading level. You could only check out a book at your reading level or above. So if you're in middle school, you have a 12th grade reading level. That's as high as your school library goes. So, like, wow. the section that we could choose from for that was very, very limited. Um, and it was super annoying. So... One day, I'm perusing the very small, the singular bookcase that has the books that I'm allowed to check out. <laughs> and I see this book and it has no dust jacket. It's been beat to shit. It's just like this milky brown color hardcover. Ooh. And all I can see is the title, which was Are You in the House Alone? And I was like, okay, horror. Interesting. Like spooky horror. I'm down for that. Let's check that. It was really short, like I probably under 200 pages. And um, I checked it out and I read it very quickly. Um, this book is about a girl who is um, assaulted in the heaviest degree in her house. She's stalked and assaulted by a rich football player from her high school she tries to bring it to the authorities and tries to get any help no one believes her no one does anything about it and in my like i'm i may be misremembering some of it but like i am 99 positive it ends with no resolution whatsoever like this guy just like goes on his life and like the girl's boyfriend <laughs> breaks up with her because she was assaulted <laughs> And I'm sure there wasn't really any trigger warnings. Oh, of course not. There wasn't even a dust jacket. There was like it was <laughs> so busted. I'm like, who put this book here? Obviously, either the librarian was just thinking this is gonna really screw somebody up, or someone just dropped it up in there. Yeah, honestly, I have no idea. That was my first experience reading anything sexual at all, and like it was totally. That's probably one of the worst experiences to read, and like because yeah. that no one's having a good time. Yeah. Oh, I. I want to like reread it again just to be like how did this happen how 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 I've like looked it yeah. up and reread like the synopsis and I've read the reviews and everybody was saying the same thing as me like how the fuck is this book how literally how oh um, I I think I'm more like Obviously, that was a horrible experience for you, but I'm kind of shocked that you had that system at your school. Yeah, where super weird, if right? that's your reading level, that's, that's insane. Yeah, 
So if you hit 12th grade reading level, then you're just SOL. You can't read anything else. Yeah. It, it, just the honestly, 12th grade. It sucked. I honestly attribute that a lot to why um, once I got to high school, I was not interested in reading. Because um, yeah. I and like this is not to like eat my own ass. I don't give a fuck what your reading level is or was. Like who gives a flying? If you're out here exactly. bragging about your AR points still to this day and you're a full-fledged adult, you need to go to like a sanatorium you, you need to live some life bestie that's extreme narcissism <laughs> that's like too far gone yes but we can't save you like when it was when i was in elementary school that i like tested for a 12th grade reading level which is like mm, fine oh, and fresh wow. and all but like that meant for me from elementary school up to middle school i had the smallest selection of you're books. just locked yeah. yeah, because why would they even carry 12th grade reading level book? I mean, that was really dumb on their part. Yeah. So then, like, I get to That's high school really and dumb. I'm like, I've read this shit and I'm not interested in reading it anymore. Um. <laughs> oh, my God. I can just see you in, like, language class or literature and just, like, the teacher is like, okay, well, we're going to read this book. And you're like, I literally read that in first grade. I don't know. Why am I here? Yes. Like, why am I here? Just yes. Send me up. Literally, literally my experience. That that's it. That's We're out here awful. reading the outsiders in like seventh or eighth grade, and I'm like, besties, I read this when I was like in fourth grade. <laughs> Let's keep oh up. Oh my gosh. See, for me, when I was younger, I always wanted to read *To Kill a Mockingbird*, and like, it is my favorite book. Yeah. It is my favorite novel of all time. Love, you know, Neil Harper Lee. Nice. Um, so I read it before it was mandatory to read it. And I went through that same thing. <laughs> Granted, my reading level is not that high. <laughs> but um, whenever I went into high school, I kind of just dropped out of reading. But like from the time that I started school up until middle school, I was in love with it. I had a science teacher. It was so weird. She was the science teacher, but she handled ordering books. And it wasn't for the library. She created or curated her own library for students. Yeah, yeah I everything. She gave me... I think it was 300 books whenever I graduated because it was eighth grade. She made a box of 300 books and she was like, thank you so much for everything you did because I would go into her class. Science was not my deal. Math and science could not help you. And she was like, you need to do extra credit. I was like, gotcha. Gotcha, uh -huh. girl. So I would go in there and I would talk about reading. And she was like, oh, you like to read. So she took me into her computer lab and she was like, can you order some books? I was like, I have you. I have you. And so I ordered every Sarah Dessen book known to man. <laughs> and when I say there was like a huge surge in reading at my school because of the Sarah Dessen books, it was insane. Oh, my God. And she was like, you helped me so much. Everyone loves reading now. So she gave me like 300 books, a note saying that she, you know, like hopes one day that I'll just like pursue something in literature. And I was like, mm, we'll see. And then I entered high school and I was like, I fucking hate this place. <laughs> And I hate reading. And let me go and do some inappropriate things elsewhere because I don't want to read. I have better things to do. Yeah. Do I regret those? Yes. But yeah, Same. I mean. <laughs> Same. Honestly. Just regret that time. I know we're, we were going to talk about romance, but now I'm like going into a deep dive of my reading experiences growing up. And like. Um, well, it works with NA and YA, so. Yeah, you know what? It does. Yeah. It really does. It I does. read this book. Um, I talked about it in the last episode. I had recently finished the book My Dark Vanessa. Again, check your trigger warnings. It's very dark. It, it's very heavy. Um, but, like, 
I found this book to be very, very cathartic, not because the exact same thing happened to me. It didn't. But, um, so like, I mean, I feel like every woman ever has encountered some like inappropriate sexual advances from someone that they are not attracted to whatsoever and find it very inappropriate. So, um, like I found the book to be a cathartic read because I empathized with that mentality of not really identifying with being a victim and like taking a very long time to think that. Um, but it reminded me so much of high school and all the bullshit. Like I was a theater kid back in the day. Yeah. Back, back in my, my prime. <laughs> and like that whole group, I'm pretty sure this is a very universal experience. Like we were like way too into ourselves to be pursuing any sort of like furthering our minds. No one there was reading. No one there was doing anything. We were all like really curating our trauma for oh absolutely for our art for our production absolutely Greece. <laughs> <laughs> i like how you said Greece too it wasn't anything it wasn't oh my gosh we were blood, like, sweat, yeah, i played sandy <laughs> into that production of Greece, followed by an iconic performance of, <laughs> of hello dolly <laughs> no <laughs> Oh, that sounds so Georgia. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm literally Oh my gosh. Like I just really wish I had spent my time reading instead. <laughs> well, I mean, in California we had West Side Story, which was great because mm. I mean, we had gangs all up and down. It was literally West Side Story just going to school. So I don't know why we even had to do a production of it. Yeah, it's like I would see this every people. fucking day. Like <laughs> every freaking day. Like, there's a stabbing every day. I don't know why we're doing this. It was a lot. But I I like how I said that so nonchalant. So nonchalant. (laughs) Hold on. I have a serious question. And this is not book related, but kind of in a way. Okay. Did you have lockers in your high school? We, okay. Excellent question. Thank you, Danny. (laughs) We, We did have lockers present. I never met a single soul. (laughs) <laughs> that used their locker ever in my entire life. That makes me feel a little bit better because we had an outdoor school, meaning like there was, in order to go from class to class to class, you had to exit the mm-hmm. classroom. Like there was no hallways, corridors, anything like that. Interesting. And there was, yeah, it was very strange to come to Texas. Um, and I would take my niece and nephew to school and their school was all indoor. And I was like, what is that like? Do you guys have lockers? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, that's very dangerous. And they're like, we're not from where you're from, where people will just randomly get shanked as they're walking. And I was oh, like, Jesus Christ. Well, you're not wrong. <laughs> so yeah, when I came out here, I was like, oh, that's so cool. I want a locker. I've always wanted a locker. I wanted to dress it up and make it look cute. Like every yes. 90s movie. Oh, okay. I will I was say very that, disappointed. Was, that was very fun. So we had lockers in middle school and like, oh, wow. that was such a huge deal when you got to middle school, like, that was, like, the grown-up thing. Like, I have a locker now, so, like, lower your voice when you speak to me. <laughs> like, you got those mirrors. Those little yeah. locker mirrors. I had everything. Oh. I had a, oh, my God. I had a, I can't even say it. This is so stupid. I had a, I'm sorry. I'm too drunk. I had a I disco ball. No. That's, 
long. And why is that my dream? <laughs> I had everything. I had literally everything. I had like I took contact paper from my mom and like like <laughs> stuck it on. So I have wallpaper in my lockers. And and that year I went to the Dollar Tree and they had those like <laughs> they had those like um patterned like fabric book covers that you can put over your textbook. Yes. Yes, the stretchy material. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. I put those on literally everything and I was like, wow, I really am the main character. <laughs> Objectively. Like no. I am in a book oh right god. now. Any Please at tell any me that you point. had one of those jelly chairs. Did you have a jelly chair? Like that blow up, it's see-through and it's like a different color plastic. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was like, purple. Yes. Yes, yes, I did. Mine. Why did was, I know yours was purple? <laughs> yeah, mine was like a literal armchair. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was for toddlers, but you know what? That didn't affect my main character moment. I was no. still in it, Bestie. No. Well, like because you said that, I was like, "You're MC. You have to be. You have to be. If you had a purple jelly chair, you are MC." I did not have any of that. <laughs> if you did not have a disco ball in your locker, like pack your shit, get out, like. You're giving me some Lizzie McGuire vibes. Like, the amount of jealousy that I is radiating from me right now. <laughs> so dense. Oh, my God. I literally used to look online at locker accessories as if I could ever order one because I didn't have a locker. I didn't know what I was going to do. Put in my book bag. Mind okay. you, I would also like to point out, thanks for the hernia that I now have carrying all those stupid books because I didn't have a locker. I was so pissed. <laughs> No, that was the same thing. Like the hunchback of Notre Dame. Yes. When we were in, when we got to high school, like, okay, our school was fucking massive. Like, it was so huge. And it was also in the middle of the swamp. So there was a lot of, like, taxidermy and, like, dead animal memorabilia throughout the school. Lots of camouflage. Um, (laughs) Just, it was a very authentic experience, I would say. Yes. (laughs) And we only had five minutes in between classes. And, like, they would assign your locker at random. So, like, there was just no possible way you could, like, get to your locker and get to your class on time. You know what? Now that I think about it, this is probably another reason that attributes to me falling out of reading. Because, like, where the fuck was I supposed to put all of these books if I could not access my locker in a a timely manner? But I I did carry a book with me. Was I reading it? No. It was probably But did I carry Jane Eyre with me? I did. I carried Jane Eyre with me. And I pulled it out and I looked like I was just the most well-read human being ever put on this planet. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that I had a crush on a baseball player and I was like, he's not going to like Jane Eyre. So she went out the window real quick. She was gone. <laughs> no, I totally used gone. to do that. Like when I, I was primo, just absolutely prime pick me girl back in the day. And so like, yep. <laughs> because I used to like reading in middle school and because I was going to high school with everybody that I'd gone to middle school with, I had that rep. I had that 12th grade reading level reputation to like, uphold. She's going to flourish in high school. Exactly. So like, <laughs> I would do the exact same thing where I'm carrying around some, fu- some fucking like Oscar Wilde shit <laughs> all the time. Just, just being like, yeah, I, I mean, if you know, you know. But I would not read it, and I would take it a step farther, (laughs) where I would be like, I should probably be, like, theoretically done with this book now, so I need to switch it out and start carrying around another classic. You have to do your timeline. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) I carried around Marcel Proust, Swan's Way, 
That was the dumbest thing I could ever carry in my life. And as an adult, I have read it three times and I still don't know what the fuck that book is about. <laughs> I could not tell you <laughs> to this day. That man knows how to write, but not for my brain. I can't breathe. And that was a really expensive book, by the way. The Prince of Noble. So much is wrong with us. And this really shows, okay? As everyone else was probably a normal person carrying around their YA book or just living their best life in high school. We were like, no, we're going to be that girl. We're going to be the main character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like We are. We're going to be that girl that's just off to the side, quiet, and the jock guy is just going to come up, or the theater dude who's really hot and can sing is going to come up and just love us. Like, love us. Because Absolutely. Because we so happen to be carrying swans way, as if they would know any idea as, what the As if they, was. like, know how to read. <laughs> I know. Their reading level is at, like, first grade, which no shame if it is. Yeah, no shame. Live your life. But it's like, why did we think that this was the key? I was like, they don't know what that is. The shit we we concocted in our own head just blows my mind. Yeah, seriously. Also, like, I mean, we're talking about classics. Um, Speaking of, I, like I said, I recently read My Dark Vanessa they referenced the book Lolita by Vladimir Nabokov a lot in mm-hmm. that book. Like, the book is essentially a, a Lolita retelling um, from the opposite perspective. And I've never read Lolita before. So after I finished that book, I got it. I'm about, like, halfway through right now. And I and posted how do we like it? a picture of it on my Instagram. And I posted that and one on my story. And, like, no... I'm not trying to be mean to this person, but somebody wrote back and asked if it was spicy. If the book Lolita was spicy. And I was like, but I could see why they would say that because of the name. Yes, but it's also a literal classic from the 50s. (laughs) So I'm like, I had to go edit my post and do a star. And I was like, okay, um, if you don't know. If you've never heard of this book before, I guess I have to do trigger warnings for this literal classic. Like, it felt like putting a trigger warning. Like, it felt like putting a trigger warning on like the fucking Bible. It's like you don't know that this maybe is not the book for that. Like, this book is old as shit. The book you're looking for. And that that really does show to that difference between just regular smut and, or like I would say, erotica. And then a romance novel, which I wouldn't put that into the category, but people just are constantly trying to find any kind of erotic book that they could find. Like that yes. is today's culture. Yeah. Excellent segue. Excellent. So um, yes, if you're listening to this and you don't know what Lolita is, um, it's fucking nasty. I would not categorize <laughs> it as spicy at all. It's like, the, I mean, come on, dude. Just... I'm going to let y'all look that up for yourself. But I'm assuming you know what I'm not going to give you that warning right now. I'm just going to let you know, don't get it if you're looking for a happy time. Yeah. Or, like, spice that you can enjoy. That's not what this is for. Um, yeah. But that is, like, such a thing I see in, like, romance readers is, like, um, struggling to manage expectation. Especially because up until... I mean, I'd still say it's a problem. There's a like extreme lack of dialogue surrounding romance books because it's still kind of like 
taboo and shamed yeah. as a as a woman thing that you're like you're not supposed to be vocal about enjoying so like yes people struggle to find books that have like all of the things that you're looking for because it's very rare to find someone who will just like openly talk about it telling you about it exactly yes. because they're out there and i feel so bad for these writers who are putting their heart and soul into these books that not many people are able to find or it's not mm -hmm. easily accessible since it's either there is just that very red space of erotica mm -hmm. um which i feel like is easy to come by yeah. But to find romance that has a beautiful pairing with it, where I would say, because I mean, that also brings in YA and NA and the difference. And like I said, I've never heard about NA before. I always knew about YA, but NA, there's this whole discussion about, is it truly the sexual advancement? Is it something where NA is not going to fade to black? It's going to give detail. Or is it just an age thing? And there's so many people who gatekeep on what the true meaning of NA is. Yes. It's very frustrating for me, especially as someone who was banned from college. <laughs> I am not, I'm not as educated when it comes to the world of reading. I pick up a book and if I like it, I like it. I never put it into the categories of YA NA. Yeah. I can typically tell, like if I'm reading a Sarah Dessen book, that bitch is going to fade to black. Yeah. But if I'm reading something where it's L. Kennedy, it's going to have plot maybe not heavy plot, but there's going to be romance and there's going to be like a good amount of spice. So yeah. yeah, NA. So there's such a debate between the YA and the NA and then erotica and it being an actual romance where it's plot. Well, I think often like what I find to be the delineating factor and how I help like my own clients who come to me and they're like, I don't even know if I've written a YA or an NA book because it's definitely not determined by spice or lack thereof there are plenty of na books that are not romance that don't have any spice at all and there are plenty of mm -hmm. books that have that are na and have spice but are not romance books because in order for something to be like established and marketed as a romance book it's like a literal requirement to have a happy ending like that is part of the genre Ugh. that i mean it literally is um yeah like, if not, it's just a story about life where people fuck. Like, sometimes people fuck and then they're still sad. <laughs> <laughs> that does happen, everyone. <laughs> yes. Um, but um, oftentimes, what sets the two apart are the moral codes that the book and the characters abide by. When you're reading a YA book, there are standards that are set in place by societal influ influences and, like moral agreements that we as a people share of what is right mm -hmm. and what is wrong when you're reading an na book it gives the author freedom to establish their own moral code that is not meant to be compared to how we live our lives right now like oh, wow. in an na book it is like totally allowed for an author to be like yes in this book like we kill people and it's literally fine like you when you read a YA book I'm trying to formulate this so it makes more sense when you're reading a YA book like it is a, going to be objective that the things that are wrong in our world are also wrong mm -hmm. in this world in and oftentimes if it's a dystopian or something like that where those things are happening like Hunger Games yeah. your protagonist 
is tasked with dismantling the things that are wrong in our world and in this world. So you have Katniss who's supposed to be coming in and being like, hey, kids shouldn't be killing each other. And also, like, the way you structure this and the way you withhold wealth and all of those things are objectively bad. Like, we all agree that world hunger is bad, that murder is bad, that the murder of children is bad, that the exploitation of children for entertainment is terrible. Like, these are all things that we agree as a people in real life. When you have a new adult book, go fucking crazy. There's no rules. Like, there's no... (laughs) There's no standard to be upheld. You have room to, like, build your own world. And there is no, like, pre-existing objective moral law or fact or anything like that. It's, like, you're free to establish this. I think if we're comparing dystopians, Hunger Games is the YA, right? Where, what we've already discussed. And then you have something like Tender is the Flesh, which is um, a horror dystopian book in which there are different classes of people, some of which are bred for consumption. And it's not clear that that is like objectively wrong until one guy falls in love with someone he's supposed to eat. This is a new adult book. (laughs) (laughs) Because, yeah, so... That is, like, really the delineating factor. Not, like, how graphic is it or things like that. And while there are, like, limitations on what you can put in a YA book that would be appropriate for someone of that age, that's not really how I categorize things, at least, as, like, an editor when I'm helping people figure out where their book falls. Yeah. Yeah, and I've seen so... Like I said, I've seen so many people who just gatekeep on the idea of it and i've never heard ya or na which i don't know have we talked about what they are because why young adult NA, oh, yeah young adult. Th- that's, that's for anyone who was like me and had no idea what the hell na was because i knew ya that was at barnes and noble so i understood it yeah. <laughs> but people gatekeep and i've never heard from what you said as far as like this because that makes sense and yeah i would pick up the hunger games and definitely see this is morally coded this is something that we all agree is wrong and with na there's that like gray line that people can just crawl through and and i like that and that's why a lot of people i think the reason why people are so dead set on like this is x and this is y especially is because they're writers or they're trying to become writers and they are so adamant of not becoming a ya which I don't know why there's a fear of it. It's like, if you're a damn good writer, it doesn't matter. We had The Hunger Games, which it was good. It turned into a movie. I mean, sure, there's issues with every book that I can read that I can call out and say, hey, I wasn't a fan of this. Mm-hmm. But it still was a good book. It still had you thinking. Same with Harry Potter. But with the NA, I don't know why everyone is so adamant about becoming that genre mm-hmm. and that category. And it seems like the only way, and I'm, When I'm saying this, I'm critiquing a lot of things that I see on the primary social media that I consume, which is usually Instagram and often TikTok. So often the discourse that I see surrounding that is solely focused on spice. And people are like, this is not YA. Like, I'm not doing YA because I want spice. Um, And it's also, like you were saying, like the um, dismissive 
attitude that we see towards YA, we also see towards romance. So it's not just um, the sense of elitism in people who write literary fiction slash new adult fiction rather than YA. Mm -hmm. It's often rooted, in my opinion, I think it's often rooted in like sexism and misogyny because both of those genres are usually dominated by women and usually read (laughs) the most by women. Yeah. And so then you have a lot of people who assume that if you write YA or if you enjoy YA, that you could never write or enjoy like a classic that like you wouldn't have that level of comprehension. You see that all the time with all these bitches talking about how like all these people who read YA can't understand Dune. And I'm like, well, Dune's fucking boring. Even by classic (laughs) standards. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm not sorry. Like. So, you're like I'm not sorry. Lord. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It also, it also is just like a person's preference, and I'm so I'm glad you talked about elitism because there's so much in the book community that I had no idea. I was like, how can you be an elitist when it comes to books? I can see that for authors, it's very evident. Some authors who have that persona to them, which I'm not a fan of. It's very off-putting. But to be just a regular Joe Schmo. Who probably has like, and I mean, even if you have a job in the literary world, you don't need to have this greater than thou, you know, like persona or this idea when it comes to your books or what is the best book and NA is better than YA. I have read YA books that have made me just cry. It's very emotional and it didn't need to go into those dark places for me to feel connected to. And I read any books that were complete trash. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it all depends. Doesn't matter. I'm like, like we were talking about earlier, like managing your expectations and what you intend to receive from your experience in reading this book. Mm-hmm. Because like, you have to manage your expectations. You're obviously not going to read a YA book and come out feeling like you just read an absolute classic that's going to be critiqued from centuries past. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. it's totally different, Absolutely. but it doesn't mean that it doesn't have merit. And it doesn't mean that it didn't meet your expectations. And it doesn't mean that it's not an incredible book. Yes, I agree. And I just, I can't stand it when people put other people down for their lack of knowledge mm-hmm. or their lack of knowledge base. I cannot stand that. Maybe because I fall into that category sometimes, but it's just so annoying. Because it's like, well, that's cool, but I pay the same 13 dollars that you paid for a fucking book yeah um and i'm still reading the same shit so cool that you know you feel better about yourself because you're i don't know better than me but at the end of the day it's a damn book we're reading it we're getting the same ideas from it and whether you liked it or not it's not my business yeah and it doesn't it doesn't make you okay i fucking read marcel proust so you can get the fuck out yeah you can i read swan's way well, it's yeah. like I was saying, like, if you go in with like mismatched expectation, especially like we see this a lot in romance and erotica where people say that they disliked a book because of things that it didn't have that they were looking for um, when it was totally inappropriate to assign that assumption to the book in the first place, particularly yeah. with people like if you are looking for erotica, bestie, read some erotica. I totally support that. But like I find it um disheartening and unfair to give a romance book a poor rating solely because it did not have the spice that you wanted 
That's so annoying. It's so annoying because for me, it also is like, okay, you have to branch out. And I think that comes from a place that we're both people who can enjoy any kind of genre, any kind of book. Mm -hmm. We're not going to like be closed minded to it because, you know, if it's not fantasy, I'm not going to read it. Well, then I am. I'm going to like branch out because there's so many good novels out there that you're never going to try or attempt. Like you have to take down the idea of what you had originally for all of the books that you like. So if you like fantasy, but then you pick up a book that has zero fantasy zero like smut look at it from a writing perspective and look at it from like a book perspective and start with a new page don't look at it from a comparison of different books that you've read in the past that is your normal niche Mm -hmm. stop doing that that's so frustrating it's so annoying because that writer probably did an amazing job but because you're so stuck in your ways you're giving them a poor rating and you're hurting their career because it just wasn't what you normally pick up So I just encourage anyone who reads to just pick up books and before they make their opinion, just sit on it for a while, which is something that we both talked about doing. Like, yeah, sitting on a book and thinking, okay, well, this is actually a really good book. It's just not something I'm used to. Yeah. And you don't always need, you know, sex to spice life up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I also think that like something that attributes to that, like what we were saying earlier, is like the inaccessibility of like smut books because um so many people just like don't talk about them or they are so early on in their smut journey that they like genuinely are like this book is very spicy for me like yes so um we see that a lot with especially as um there's a very low barrier of entry for people to be book reviewers and book content creators And I don't think that that is a bad thing at all. It's just something that we see with people who actually haven't read a lot of multiple genres and haven't read any spice. So when they come in, like they garner this following of people who really trust them and they give their honest opinion of thinking that a book is incredibly spicy for them. And it very well may be, but that doesn't make it romance and it doesn't make it erotica. And that can misshape a lot of people's expectations as they go in. So I think there needs to be a better system in place of giving book recommendations, understanding what is YA, NA, romance, and erotica, which I feel like is the scale. Um, yeah. And understanding what you are looking for as a reader when you seek out these recommendations. Yes. If you're testing the water, then know that it's probably going to be 100% different than what you're normally used to. And you're probably not going to like it initially, which is fine. (laughs) It might be a little uncomfy. Yeah, it's going to be different. I mean, no matter what point you're coming from. uh, There's a person on TikTok. I think her name is Read with Brit or Brit Reeves. And I love her recommendations because she gives it to you all. Mostly it's all smut. But she has like very erotica like mindless reads where i you know i spent a barbarians like she does that but she'll let you know there is no plot there is no plot to this it's just banging that's it and then she'll go into books that have good plot and but there's that spice to it and she gives the spice you know scale ratings which is good for people who it's not something that they know where to access you know those types of books and they they get an idea like the spice and she doesn't she doesn't do the spice rating based off of, because everyone does it, but um, 
Dinner Vipers. She doesn't do it based off of Dinner Vipers. Everyone does their spice, you know, scale off of that. And it's like, (laughs) ma'am, not everyone is willing to read Dinner Vipers. Did I? Absolutely. But of course, (laughs) no, you know, that is not something that I would say you should ever scale it. That's like, it's, it's its own entity. It's its own territory. Don't do the scale off of that. But she just does it based off of like normal people's, you know, I guess, steps into spice. So yeah, so I, amazing. um, I'm pretty sure I know who you're talking about. I think I follow her. I'll have to double check. Um, and I get so many recommendations that like I have greatly enjoyed from Reagan. She's at Booked with Ray R A E. Um, absolutely love her. She's the person who got me back into reading. Like, whenever. I don't know the exact timeline of when she started her bookstagram, but she started it and I saw it and I was like, hell yeah, that sounds fun. And like totally changed the game for me, like for reading for pleasure and not just like for work. Um, and she, she knows how to review a smutty book. <laughs> she, it, if there's one we thing that girl knows how to do. She's got this she, down pat. And also she has the most amazing hair. Oh I my God. Her. I know. Ah. Oh. I know. And she always has. I've known Reagan for a long, long, long time. It's like, that's been like a defining character trait of her. Like you, you would know Reagan from the back just by her hair. Because of her hair. And Mm -hmm. so you know that her hair is a wealth of knowledge. It keeps all of the book secrets. So she is, she's everything. You have to follow her. People with amazing hair you can trust. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's like in the Bible, I'm pretty sure. It is. Yes. God's words. Oh, this is, I know we're already an hour in, but we're talking about Reagan, and I want to talk about a book series that she recommends to me and oh, tropes yes. in it. This is full circle back to what this episode was supposed to be about. <laughs> um, months ago, Reagan gave me a huge list of mafia smut recommendations um, in, in different categories and different degrees. I love how she did that. I, I know. I was like, wow, what a good friend. Amazing. Yes. <laughs> wow. You really put in so much effort for me. And I, seriously, wow. it was wow. so She okay. should think of that as a part-time job. Like people just ask her recommendations and she'll do that. For I, know. <laughs> I know. Um, so she gave me all of these and I read every single one that she recommended to me. And it like opened my eyes to this whole new world of mafia smut. And I, now have my favorite and least favorite tropes within this super niche genre of mafia smut. And I have to talk about one of them. I made a TikTok on it and it's been sitting in my drafts for, I shit you not, four months. Um, Because like, I'm just like, no one is going to give a fuck about this opinion. It's way too niche. But I'm talking about it here. (laughs) I, (laughs) I hate... More than anything, I cannot stand when you're reading a smutty mafia book and the guy is like this beautiful, sexy, badass crime boss, like shooting people in the face left and right. Like that. Mm, I love that. I hate when at the end it's revealed that the entire time he's like a CIA Uh, spy and they placed him there at the top of the food chain and like his whole backstory is fake. I literally knew what you were going to say because like I would hate that too. Oh, it ruins everything for me. I'm like, what is the point of the book I just read? I literally just read a book about a guy at his day job 
with his girlfriend that he tricked into falling in love with him. <laughs> I would be upset because I'd be like, no, no, I fell in love with the mafia. Like, I fell in love with Mr. Bad Boy. Yeah. Not a cop. No, thank you. Oh, it literally infuriates me. It just, <laughs> oh, nothing, nothing triggers me like that. No. That would be so frustrating because that defeats the whole illusion that has been created for the past, what, 27 chapters? Yes. And this this was really bad. This was not Reagan's fault whatsoever. I read two mafia books in a row that both had that twist. Ooh. It was like, you know that TikTok sound that's like, I put my hands on your body. It feels like, hey, it's a <laughs> yes. fucking scarecrow again. That's exactly how it felt. Oh my god. Like this is an actual memo of my life. Yes, like <laughs> it's a fucking police officer again. Oh my gosh. That's like, so annoying. I mean, I can see why they would do that because they want to I don't know, make it a little bit better or just nicer, but no. Like if I was in the 1920s, which speaking of we're writing a book about the 1920s, but if I, I was know. in the 1920s, you can count on me for absolutely working with the mob. Uh, I will bootleg yes. all day, every day. And I will absolutely fall in love with one of the henchmen. You can't yeah. stop me. Oh, henchmen. Yeah. Girls, set your standards a little bit higher. Go go for the boss. I'm sorry. I'm sitting here thinking of Al Capone, and he was just not cute in my eyes. <laughs> so I was like, that I don't want true. him. Yeah, I do not want Al Capone. But yeah. I'll take whomever's going to nix him. Whomever's next in line, I will take that bad boy. Any day. Yeah. Any day. Also... <laughs> A new segment that we're going to have that we're going to start doing is book reviews. Now, we're not going to tell you the book that we are talking about, but we will be reviewing a good review and a bad review. Or not reviewing. We'll be stating a good review and a bad review. And you can guess what book it's about. We're not going to tell you because no. (laughs) Yeah. I I think this will be a super fun game. So which one do you want to do? Do you want to do the bad review or the good review? Oh, since I've seen them, I would I would really be honored to do the bad review. I would be I so honored. That. I was like, I found this for you. <laughs> I know. Do you want me to go first? Go for it. Yeah. All right. This is the, the bad review of this book. <clears throat> Literally impossible to read with so many typos and such poor writing. There was even a typo in the book description. Where is the editor? It completely ejects the reader from the story. I just think it's disrespectful to your audience to sell this book for $30. Hmm? Ooh. That's the <laughs> bad review. <laughs> this, I like you're like, that's the bad review. <laughs> this is the good one. Me thinking I don't want to fall in love with a fictional character. Adding a book to my TBR where I definitely know I will fall in love no matter what. Update. I'm so in love. Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so um, if uh, if you'd like to take a swing at that, we will be having a post on our Instagram and on TikTok uh, where you can guess the book in the comments. And if you might guess is right, we might send you a little something something. So just a thought here. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely worth playing the game. 100% worth yes. playing the game. Definitely worth it. But I think that is it. I think I am a little bit turned and I'm going to go to bed very happy tonight as I read The Maidens. I think you said me. Yes. And I will be reading more of Lolita, uh, which is 
Not a spicy book. I was just about to say. <laughs> Manage your expectations, everyone. <laughs> know your audience. Yeah. And this book is old as shit. So, like, I'm very surprised that some people are asking me. <laughs> they just look at when it, when it was released and they're like, there might be some spice. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, ugh. Okay. I, we've already had this discussion. I can't keep you here any longer. I will let you go. But thank you so much. And we will see you in the next episode. <laughs> Bye.